Find Out Higgins, host of Your Working Life, my podcast series featuring thought leaders in the career and personal growth arena with wisdom to help you thrive. This podcast provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. And today, I'm delighted to welcome my very special guest to the show, Hannah Ubel. Hannah, welcome to the show. It's good to have you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Hey, I want to tell our global listening audience all about you. Hannah Ubel is a writer, market researcher, and generational expert with Bridgeworks, a company that has been dedicated to bridging the generational divide in the workplace and marketplace for over 16 years. Through their cutting-edge research and best-selling books, Bridgeworks has helped some of the country's best companies work through the inevitable clashes that can happen between traditionalists, baby boomers, Generation Xers, and millennials. From the AARP to MTV, they've been called on by business executives, politicians, and the media to share their expertise. And Hannah is a millennial who grew up watching Full House, dancing to Backstreet Boy songs, and has a vast collection of participation awards, including a sixth-place swim trophy. Way to go, Hannah. Good way to open up, my dear. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And I do always like to say that uh, in case you were wondering, there were only six people in that race. Ah, so good, good qualifier. Good to know as, as true, uh, true millennials. Good for you. Well done. But let's talk about this because it's such a hot topic and it's, it's fascinating to me that Bridgeworks has been doing this for 16 years. So it tells about the need. Tell us about how you approach the generation's topic and why a client should come to you as a generational consultant, because I just see, you know, clash of the Titans everywhere you look in the workplace, regardless of career field. So I know there's a need. Tell me more. Yes, there is definitely a need. And the funny thing about it too, is anyone can go online and Google generations or baby boomer. I'm right. It's so easy to get this information. And so the way that we approach the generations topic is really part of why we're still in business. Um, we take kind of a multi-pronged approach. First of all, we know that when talking about generations, it has to be multi-generational. So I'm a millennial. Okay. People ask me questions about millennials all the time. And once you start having that conversation, eventually they ask, so you're telling me that I need to change everything I do just for the millennial generation. Uh, Not true. Not true. Exactly. Not true at all. Uh, We believe that no, no generational bridge can really be, the gap cannot be bridged uh, if you don't have that multi-generational approach. So the way that we approach this topic in and of itself is multi-generational. We also look at not just who generations are right now that you work with, but why are they that way? Uh, what did they experience growing up in their formative years that shapes who they are? So for example, the institution of NASA, one generation grew up thinking man landed on the moon, another generation, they saw the Challenger explosion and it changes yeah. their views of institutions in different ways. Oh, what um, a good example. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's, but I mean, that kind of example, those are the kinds of moments that we hope, you know, when people look at millennials being collaborative, they won't think, oh, this collaborative generation, they'll think, oh, you are collaborative because you had democratic parents and you had there is no I in team posters in every single classroom in your middle school and <laughs> high school. <laughs> um, so that's our approach is it's multi-generational. It's based on, on how what you experienced growing up shapes who you are today. 
And then to, to answer your second question of, you know, why does a client come to us uh, as a consultant? They come to us for a variety of reasons. Uh, some people, they want a really entertaining and educational program at their event, at their annual symposium. Uh, other people, they're thinking, you know what, we have been really struggling with knowledge transfer. We have a sea of baby boomers who are retiring. Uh, we have no idea how to make sure they're engaged to pass on their information before they leave. Generation Xers have felt stalled in their careers. Do they want to take on those leadership roles when boomers leave in 5, 10, 15 years? And the sea of millennials underneath, I mean, there are so many millennials. So how do you keep them engaged? How do you get the right ones into your organization and have them stay longer than a year or two? Um, so all of these different challenges come up. And our goal as consultants is to go into each company as an, an individual entity of themselves and really understand what are your exact issues that you're, that you're really struggling with and what can we pull from our repertoire of tools uh, to help them. So that's kind of the, the tiny little brief, I guess, introduction into our approach and what we do with clients as consultants. I think it's brilliant and it's, it's music to my ears as a career development professional and a coach because it is not a one generational lens through which no. we look at the world. It's got to mm -hmm. be multi-generational and I'm thrilled. You know, we talk a lot about diversity of teams and diversity includes multi-generational views and having that right. diversity of thought. So thank you, thank you for not being, you know, generationally specific, but being inclusive and, you know, taking it on full, full on with all the generations. But you do something very unique in your research on millennials and Gen Edge. You do mm -hmm. split millennials into two groups and, and this mm -hmm. is unique. So tell me about that and why, uh, why that is significant. Yes, we started doing this recently. And it's, it's because when we were talking to millennial groups, honestly, we were hearing it the most from them. We had people in their early 30s looking at us and saying, you cannot clump me into yeah. this one generation. I am not like the 23 year olds I manage. And at the same time, we had 23 year olds looking at us and saying like, I am nothing like my 33 year old manager. Please do not say that I am. So what we started to understand is, okay, this is what we're hearing. Why is this happening? And we started doing research and doing focus groups and we did a huge quantitative survey and the results are striking, honestly, to see the differences between early millennials and late millennials. So what they're motivated by, how they prefer to work, uh, how important financial stability is to them. All these different things create nuances in such a way that we can look at millennials collectively. And there are some shared traits absolutely across the generation as a whole. But what divides them between the early and late millennials, it changes the way you manage them. It changes the way you groom them for leadership. So that's why we started to, to break them into two subgroups. Well, I think that's brilliant. And it's also telling because as we move forward in time, I think it's pretty clear that we can't lump people together just by decades. There are so many experiential right. things that change. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm thrilled that you're doing this. And it's, it's meeting well with, with uh, early and late millennials. They're pleased with the division. You know, they are. And I have to laugh because, I mean, in this topic in general, a lot of pushback is around, please don't put me in a box. And I get that. <laughs> I don't like to be put in a box. Okay, no one does. Sure. Um, but, it, you know, it's sociological, sociological patterns we're studying. They're helpful to understanding people. And millennials, more than any other generation, they really were told when they were growing up by their boomer parents, 
to be an individual and to be unique because that's who they wanted to raise. Uh, boomers grew up not being told that kind of message. So when we go out to the millennial group, that means they are more likely to say, I am unique. I yeah. am not like everyone else. So putting it into two groups makes them say, aha, you're looking at me differently. So it's a nice inroads to engage with that generation. Well yeah. done. So we all know that Gen Z has arrived, right? They are the freshman yes. freshman class of, of yeah. universities and colleges around the world. But mm -hmm. you, you've decided to move toward Gen Edge as a name mm -hmm. for Gen Z. Tell me more about that. Well, well, there, there's a couple different things. Uh, we chose Gen Edge, first of all. The sound research came up with it. And what we liked about it is that it did a very good job describing who this generation is. And it's twofold. So one of them is that they're on an edge. They're the last generation of a Caucasian majority in mm. the United States. Uh, and also, they, they have an edge. I mean, think of the world that this generation has grown up in. And conversely to generations before them, they can see everything going on in the world in the palm of their hands. That's the good stuff and the bad stuff. Right. And they've had to really grow thick skin from a young age because of that. Uh, there's a different level of resiliency and an edge, if you will, that they've had to build just to really cope with what's going on with the world. Um, so that's, that's a really big reason that we decided that we like that name the most. Uh, we've also done some different kinds of focus groups with this generation and they feel like Generation Z doesn't describe them because it's just like, oh, that comes over, oh, Another after. Another letter, yeah. Exactly. And then, of course, the question is, what's next? Generation Alpha? That doesn't make sense. Right, um, right. But we'll see. I mean, we really don't know. Gen Z is more popular in the media right now, so that might be the one that sticks. And if it if it does, then it does. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Well, I'm voting for Gen Edge. I like it. I oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I like it a lot. And and I Excellent. do appreciate it. I think it gives them some some branding that's very positive. So I'm, I'm all yes. for it. Well done. Yes. So I know, again, as a career coach working with individuals, but also working with employers, everybody's screaming about how do I attract and retain top talent, especially mm -hmm. what they call millennials, because mm -hmm. uh, millennials move, move around a lot. And, and again, I'm applauding them. We have prerogative in the career world now to move and really um, look for advancement opportunities by moving organizations. So I do not see it as a red flag, but our employers who are often stuck in old HR models are panicking. Mm -hmm. So is it an issue of retaining talent or should we just get used to it that, hey, people move, deal with it? You, I, I think it's the latter. I think that if you look at a lot of media and what they've been saying, uh, you know, all these different kinds of publications are saying things like, if you want to succeed in your career, you need to change jobs every three to five years, get yeah. new experiences, meet new people. And a lot of the millennial generation, they've taken that in and they say, yeah, you know what? You're right. Um, and why should I trust an institution that will look out for me and say, oh, if you're loyal to us, we'll be loyal to you when we've all seen that, that that's not necessarily true um, with the recession and everything that happened. I mean, you have to cut cords. It's not it's not the same as it was for generations past. And that's not a good or bad thing. It's just kind of the way of the world. Um and, and I do want to be really clear, too. I mean, we're talking about retaining the millennial generation. There are some people who stick around for one to three years in their job of choice. And there are others who are thinking, you know what? I've got young kids and I'm at a stage in my life where I want to stick around for 10 plus years. So there's a bit of a difference. But I think being willing and open to those millennials who might leave in three years wow, that's a really good pool of talent to pull from in 10 years because they might be wanting to come back. Exactly. And, 
and they're the best marketing for their friends. You know, they can have this great experience in three years and say, hey, so-and-so, you know, you need to try to join this company. I left because I want to do something new. I might go back. You're going to love it. Uh, so the companies who take that approach we've seen are much more successful because they're saying, we, we'll give you everything if you give us everything. And after three years, let's have a conversation. Um, and that kind of mindset just works really well. It's not only attract the generation, but retain them too. I love how you're reframing that. I really think that is pivotal because the loyalty model is just not sustainable as a business model anymore. So, mm -hmm. you know, companies just can't do that and, and scale it. So love that reframe. Good stuff. So I am a Gen X professional okay. and I'd love to hear how baby boomers can support the growth of millennials and Gen X leadership. Because as you know, people are living longer and they're working longer, which has yes. expanded our multi-generational approach in the workforce. People are not retiring at 65. That is the new normal. They're working right. much longer. It's true. It's really true. I think, you know, there's similarities in approaching Gen Xers and millennials. Uh, I'll do millennials first and spend a little bit more time in Gen X. Okay. So grooming uh, the growth of the millennial generation right now in their life stage, there is that component of they're in their 20s, mm -hmm. uh, many of them. It's like, all right, I want to move up, 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 up and see how far I can go. And when we actually speak to a lot of these millennials, what they're looking for is extra opportunities to show up their skills, to show that they're responsible, to show that they can do more than what their job asks of them. So giving them these ad hoc projects or inviting them to be on different committees or leading different uh, professional groups or ERGs, that's really beneficial for millennials right now. Generation Xers have been doing that for longer. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we talk to a lot of Xers who say, look, I've, I've done what I was supposed to do. I've worked really, really hard. I've worked hard for a long time. And now I don't know where to go. And to be very honest, a lateral move, if someone says that to me, it feels a little bit like lip service. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but where is the actual growth? Um, and what we found with the, the importance of growth for Generation Xers is, first of all, when those executives do eventually leave and wanting Gen Xers to take those positions, it's understanding that they're going to do it differently. Right. Uh, we, we went from one generation, baby boomers, intense work ethic. I mean, just absolutely incredible work ethic. But many times that meant hard work is equated with long hours. And a generation Xer will say, you don't have to be working all those hours. You can still get the same results. You just got to work differently. Mm -hmm. You got to work more efficiently. And so allowing them to start showing that as leaders now with different roles they're taking on, with leading different groups of people to then say, when I get into this executive position, if I'm not there already, I'm going to lead differently. I'm going to have different expectations. I don't want to equate uh, hard hours with, or long hours with hard work. And I want to change that. And so something that boomers can do is, is start having those conversations to see what they can change about their work, see what Xers can do at the same time to do a kind of reverse mentorship and also to start transferring knowledge. Um, because the sooner that happens, the more beneficial it will be as actors go into their next stage of their careers. I love that because there really is no one size fits all leadership model either, right? So right. it's a unique opportunity to think about how we can define ourselves uniquely and authentically as leaders and not get stuck in those old ruts. Uh, sometimes mm -hmm. they're, they're great and they've served others well, but be pro progressive about how we lead. Well done. So Hannah, tell me about your brand new book, Managing Millennials for Dummies. Yes. You, you 
you mentioned you are a millennial yourself. So who's the audience? What do you hope that readers would get out of the book? Well, uh, the audience is really anyone who is interested in reading about millennials. Okay. I think that that is the, the intended audience. Specifically, the book is written for managers who are looking for some really good tools and tips that want to know what they can do better with their millennial population. Uh, and whether that's about, you know, a certain kind of industry they're in or whether it's about specific generational clash points, like giving them feedback or helping them collaborate differently or work more independently. Uh, it, it goes many directions, but that's really the goal of who we're trying to reach. And it's written in such a way, too, that it's going to open up people's eyes, I think, and give a little bit more of those aha moments. And it, and it's a dummies book, so it's written very actionable and very fun. And hopefully it's a good read. That's that's the goal, too, is people have fun while they're reading it. Well done. Hannah Ubel, what a joy to have you on the show. Thank you for your incredible work at BridgeWorks. How can we follow you and BridgeWorks out in the social media world? Yes, thank you. So there's a couple different ways that you can follow us. Uh, you can, of course, go onto our website, www.generations.com. You can follow us at the Gen People on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat for anyone who snaps out there. And on Facebook, we you can find us by searching for Bridgeworks. Fantastic. Hannah, keep up the great work. What a joy to have you on the show. I hope our paths cross in person sometime soon. Yes, likewise. Thank you so much. Thanks, Hannah. Be well. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in to Your Working Life, where my goal is to help you design your career destiny so it doesn't happen by default. My show is now available on iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, and Stitcher. And be sure to subscribe so you get new shows every week. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening. 